When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Joined by Chris Perkins, uh, our US sports correspondent. Well, let's just get stuck into it, mate. I mean, the, the NBA season has uh, has started. It's uh, It's been a hotly contested start to the season and... But I just want to get your opinion on what is going on at Los Angeles from a Lakers perspective. By golly. <laughs> yeah, they lost again last night. I saw. I didn't stay up for the game. The game started at, at 10 o'clock uh, Eastern time. So uh, staying up to watch a Lakers game until 1230, not exactly high on my list of priorities. <laughs> I don't blame you. But, yeah, I mean, this is kind of what we expected, though, okay? They've got LeBron, they've got Anthony Davis, and could you pick anybody else in their lineup besides Russell Westbrook? Uh, yeah, he's, uh, good, he's, good, not good. Going, he's not going particularly well at the minute. He only scored two points from his uh, 27 yeah. minutes. Shocking. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's Ben Simmons-level bad. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's uh, Ben Ben Simmons is looking at Russell Westbrook and going, really? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not not looking particularly good for the Lakers uh, at the minute. But uh, while there were a couple of other games, the Bucks got the job done over the 76ers. They're looking uh, pretty strong for, for another season, its first game. But uh, 76ers, 0-2 now to, uh, to start the year. Not an ideal beginning, even though James Harden sort of hit the scoreboard. Joel Embiid... Not particularly great from a scoring perspective, but uh, how have you sort of seen this NBA preseason and and what what is going to unfold for the for the rest of the season? We've seen obviously the Clippers coming into the year a favourites to to win it with bookies over here and right up there. And I mean, obviously last season they had you know Paul George go down with injury, Kawhi Leonard as well went down with injury, and now those players sort of seem to be fit. It's looking like you know they can probably they're probably going to be up there this year. You can line up the usual suspects. Like Golden State, obviously, mm-hmm. is going to be up there. Uh, Phoenix, although I'm, I am worried about Phoenix, it was a heck of a comeback the other night, though, against Dallas. I, they, they, were, they were pretty much dead and buried at halftime against Dallas, fought their way back in. Uh, Boston, uh, defending Eastern Conference champions, you got to think they're – and they look good on opening night. Mm. Let's be fair to the 76ers, though. Yeah, they're 0-2, but they've lost to the Celtics and they've lost to the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Not exactly lightweights they're playing. And we're talking about uh, an NBA champion and, you know, the last two Eastern Conference champions. Spot on. Spot so, on. So, you know, be, be fair to them. Yeah, oh, def- absolutely. Absolutely. I think – and just on the Celtics as well, Chris, I mean – do you still think, and, and we saw what the Celtics were able to do in this this first game, 126 to 117, a real high-scoring affair. And the 
do you still think that there is a little bit of an, an un, you know, an uneven rely or, or an unfair reliance on the Celtics to get results based on what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have to put out from a scoring perspective? We've seen them combine for 70 points again. And it just seems that Boston needs those two to go nuclear for them to really be considered, you know, a, a real winning threat from a championship perspective again. But I mean, obviously those two players are still fairly young. So they would have learned a lot from that playoff series loss against, um, against, uh, against Golden State last season. Yeah. I, and they're, they're going to learn. Uh, they're going to continue learning. They're just like you mentioned, they're young. They're not even at their peak yet. All right. These are a couple of guys that, scary as it is to think about, can get better, can you know improve defensively. I, you see a lot of uh, the Golden State Warriors from a few years ago in Boston, in the Celtics right now. High scoring, push the pace, defense doesn't exactly doesn't exactly show up at times for for Boston, but it's certainly an exciting way a brand of basketball kind of like Golden State was back during their their first run, their five Western Conference championships, especially early in that run, before they got all all the experience of, okay, we can win different ways. Uh, I I think that experience will come. The the defense will get better. They may add some, you know, they may do a little tinkering around the edges as we get deeper into the season and we see what kind of, what kind of, uh, players are available at the trade deadline or at the buyout at, at the buyout time later in the season. Um, so I, I don't think the Celtics are a finished product yet. Yeah, and yeah. again, they they look great. Yeah. Offensively, they looked fantastic mm, mm. the other night. Yeah, the defense needs some work though. 117 points. That's a lot. Yeah, it is indeed. Uh, now, just from a, I think I was looking back at the games on on Thursday over here and. The one game that did that it surprised me when I looked at the scores, and then I went back through and I thought, no, this is this is not this is not a surprise because Zion Williamson is back, fit and firing for the New Orleans yeah. Pelicans, and geez, didn't they route the Brooklyn Nets in 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 their opening game? Yeah, yeah. Let's go to Ben Simmons. Four points on two or three shooting. Yeah, not great. <laughs> yeah, he, he had the triple. He had the tri- he had the triple single that night on, yeah. on Wednesday night over here. Not good. No, he didn't. I, he, uh, it, he he made this big move, and it hasn't really he hasn't really lived up to the hype yet, has he? Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, I'm I'm going to be fair. It's been a while since he's been on a basketball court in an actual game. So, trying to be fair, but man, if you're going to be a pure distributor. If you're going to be a point, pure point guard, not a shooting point guard, a one, a one and a half guard, you better be getting more than five assists. I'm just saying, if you're going to be scoring four points, taking three shots from the field, you better be dropping about 18 dimes a night. I agree. Because otherwise, what the hell are you doing on that court? Absolutely spot so, on. Absolutely yeah, spot it's, on. It's like the. It's like that meme you see sometimes on social media, that stick figure holding the stick, poking something. <laughs> you, you, you want to see Ben Simmons there. Uh, yeah, and, and the caption is, come on, there's something. I think that's a great way to sum it up. Look, I think, I think you are right in all seriousness. I think you are right in saying that, you know, obviously he had the back injury last season and he had all the off-field stuff that he was dealing with and, 
now he's back. Allegedly. Yeah, he's, he's back on court now. He's back into the swing of things, and now it's just about getting you getting the mojo back and getting back into the swing of things from a form perspective. But I wanted to really focus on, and and I think it's been a story. I don't know if it's been a story missed uh, from media outlets, but I, I love the return of Zion Williamson. He's just a brute. He's oh, a he beast in the key. He's just so strong. He got over all the injury woes from last season, and he looks like the player that you know the New Orleans Pelicans drafted you know a couple of years ago. He he looks fantastic. And in New Orleans, there are a lot of Catholics down there. I have no doubt there are a lot of candles being lit in <laughs> prayer for Zion Williamson's health. There's a lot of people praying that he he stays healthy this year because that's been his bugaboo. That's been the issue with him. It's not his on-court performance. When he's on the court 100%, whoa, dude is unstoppable. I, he could play pretty much any position. He's got the inside game. He's got range. He's got movement. And, and he moves with such a graceful violence. Okay? His, his moves are violent. They are, they are powerful. But at the same time, they are so beautiful. Yeah, spot on. Watch. Yeah, he's he's great to watch, and it's it's nice to see him fit. And you you just look, and I'm looking through the numbers here. Look, I mean, points in the paint, Pelicans right up to 62 in that opening game against Brooklyn to net to the Nets 46, mm-hmm. and you know that's a difference. And they were absolutely hammered on the rebounding front, outdone on the board, 61 to 39. Offensive rebounds, 21 to nine. It's almost unheard of. Really, and, that, and that's what's really, you know, uh, him and Jonas Valanciunas combining together, I mean, they're, they're going to be a serious threat from a from a playoffs perspective if they can keep this form up and potentially keep the squad together healthy and fit. Yeah, so so everybody in New Orleans, you know, those of the Catholic faith, you know, go, go to Mass, go to confessional, light the candles. <laughs> Maybe though some other people are talking because there there's another there's another part part of New Orleans uh, there's a fair amount of voodoo down there. <laughs> so, Get rid so of it. Maybe Get rid maybe of it. Come at it from another. No, maybe no, maybe come at it from another angle. Get the voodoo priestess on your <laughs> side on the Pelican side. That's what I'm saying. Love it. Just, Love just it. work it from both angles. Yeah, I think I think that sounds like a very I think that sounds like a very wise idea which we will get onto because uh the New Orleans Saints I think it's a perfect segue into into NFL uh going down uh-huh. in a very high scoring game against the Cardinals 42 what what is going on with the Saints We we got a, well first of all we got a high school we got a game on Thursday night Finally high scoring entertaining Ah oh. yeah at at the two, at the 2 minute warning of the first half Al Michaels makes the crack we we've been we're we're at the two minute warning. We haven't had a punt yet, and you heard applause in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know Thursday night football's and, and, not been great over in the states. Oh no, it, it, it's it, it's been a rough couple of weeks. We were glad to get this one. Uh, yeah, the the Saints. I mean, here's the problem: Andy Dalton. He's okay. He's an okay quarterback, but he, he's limited. Um, he he makes a lot of the same mistakes that Jameis Winston is famous for making at times without Jameis Winston's mobility or ability to pull something out of the fire. That That's where Andy Dalton's limitations are. We saw that last night. He, he threw over, three, over 300 yards, but 
the Saints were in a position where they had to pass a lot in the second half. Threw four touchdown passes, a couple of them in garbage time, but he threw three interceptions. One of them was in the red zone in the second quarter, or in, in the first half. I think it was early second. No, it was, no, it was first quarter, in fact. They were driving for another score, already up 7-3, and, and they're inside the 10-yard line, and he throws into way too tight a coverage, gets undercut, intercepted in the end zone, kills the drive. Doesn't throw that pick, and you're up 14-3 early and rolling on, on the Cardinals. And then, and, and then the second, yeah, and then the second quarter then, happens. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the two-minute drill in the second quarter happens. Tied at 14, pick six. Cardinals, all of a sudden, instead of being tied, maybe down three, because they go down and kick a field goal with the gun. Now they're up. Now they're now they're leading. They're up twenty to fourteen. Missed extra point. And then to compound the error, Saints get the ball back. Dalton throws another pick six. And now all of a sudden it's twenty-eight fourteen Cardinals at halftime, and this ball game's pretty much over because the Cardinals really have owned second halves of games this year. That that's where they've gotten mm-hmm. their wins from. Are, are come from behind in the second half. <laughs> if the game becomes a lot easier when you have second-half leads and can hold them, uh, as Baltimore is finding out, that's becoming a problem there. But, no, no the Cardinals, they, they kept control of it in the second half, didn't have to do anything magical, just control things, and that's exactly what they did last night. But, you know, they got to get Jameis Winston back. Absolutely. The, the Saints is, <laughs> Spot I, on. I'm, yeah, he's going <laughs> to... He's gonna make he's gonna make some mistakes. You'll you'll have bad Jameis show up at times, but man, good Jameis is so good. Yeah, I think he's he's much more assured in the in the gun and in the pocket than than unfortunately what uh, Andy Dalton is. But uh, Chris, stick around. We'll get stuck back into more of Week Seven of the uh, NFL uh, after the break. Uh, you are listening to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. We'll be back with Chris Perkins to do it all for Week Seven of the NFL, the remaining games in the NFL, and then we'll get stuck into some Major League Baseball. The World Series is around the corner. They're vying for spots in the World Series competition for 2022. But with that, we'll be back on the Overnight Crowd right after this. Welcome back to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport crystal clear through the SEN app, of course. Paul Sebastiani in the studio with you, taking you right up to 3 a.m. across the eastern coast of Australia. We've got our U.S. sports correspondent, Chris Perkins, on the line as we delve into the NFL for Week 7. And, uh, Chris, well, you've got a couple of trades to uh, talk about, in particular a fire sale at one of the franchises. Uh, Yeah, the Carolina Panthers are officially in fire sale mode. Everything is on sale. Uh, We could call it a fire sale, a liquidation sale. Apparently, everything must go. (laughs) Including, I reckon the janitor might be for sale as well, the way they're going. Yeah, that's right. They're going. And they've made two trades. They they had traded um, uh, Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals um, on Monday. Uh, Of course, Robbie Anderson Sunday was told, uh, get off my bleeping sideline. I don't think that's a direct quote, but it's the (laughs) gist of what the coaching staff said to Robbie Anderson. We would rather you be in the locker room 
than out here on the sideline because we're damn sure not putting you in the game. And if you're going to be acting like this, just go away. Okay, so they sent him back. They they ejected their own player and then exiled him to Arizona. Yep, for a uh, sixth round for a sixth round pick in 2024 and a seventh round pick in 2025. Uh, Basically, I, I call that trading him. For a pallet of athletic tape and a bag of balls. <laughs> if if that. If, That's if, not much of a return. No, no, it's not. All right. Now, talk to us about this Christian McCaffrey trade because uh, I, did this come as a shock? Uh, there's been, there'd been rumblings that either A, McCaffrey wanted out or Carolina wanted to, wanted to send him out to, to get assets. There, mm-hmm. there had been those rumblings I, I'd been hearing, but... Uh, and, and until you actually see it, you're not quite sure because Christian McCaffrey can be a piece, can be a, an essential piece to a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Okay, you you want some talented players around, all right, uh, as you're in the midst of a rebuild and to come out the other side. You got to have some players somewhere. You, you can't tear it all the way down to the studs easily. Okay, <laughs> and, and that's what Carolina seems to be in the midst of right now. But, but for Christian McCaffrey, his, his first three years in the league, nearly unstoppable. He was the best running back in football for three years when he came out of Stanford. And then 2020 hit and 2021 hit. And Christian McCaffrey, he, he's like that Ferrari you got, you got, okay? You love driving around, a lot of flash, a lot of zip. The problem is the last two years, the Ferrari's been in the shop for most of it. I missed 23 of 33 games in 20 and 20 in 2020 and 2021. Okay, that that's a lot of time to be in the body shop and not on the road or on the field in this case, uh, doing what you're supposed to be doing, what your job is, and what you're good at. Um, so he's got that injury concern. If he can stay healthy and he's in a good system, which he will be in in San Francisco. Uh, he can get back to the form he was for, for his first three years in the NFL. So I, I look forward to it. From San Francisco's perspective, to get him, how's this for weapons, all right? Adding Christian McCaffrey to uh, offensive weapons like uh, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Debo Samuel, how scary is that going to be for defensive coordinators? How much sleep are they going to lose? Yeah, I think it, it, it just forty niners week when they're trying to plan. Yeah, it just puts the forty ers not. I mean, it not just only pretty much rubber stamps the playoff credentials for this season, but it almost puts them right up there now with regards to well, you could say with regards to regards to challenging for for a Super Bowl at the end of the day, really. And and you know you, you could. You, you look and, at the markets. I know that the Bills are clearly favourites at the moment after its win last week, but San Francisco at, you know, sort of 14, 15 to 1 might be a value play there, I think. Well, I, and San Francisco, I remember last year, an FC Championship game, they they had a nice run last year. Uh, adding this piece to a, an already loaded lineup, and, and don't forget about that defence, which is exceptional as well. Correct. In, in San Francisco. This could be that. This could be one of those final pieces, and this looks like, from San Francisco's perspective, a win now move. This is this is a credit card payment. This is this is something you're paying. You're slapping that credit card down, and you'll worry about paying the bill later. The bill comes 
listen to the assets that the Niners gave up. This is a lot. They gave up a twenty uh, their twenty twenty three second, third, and fourth round draft picks and a fifth round pick in twenty twenty four. So now the forty ers next the next draft this coming spring, their first draft pick's gonna be a, a probably a supplemental third round pick that they got because they that they were awarded from the league for various coaching changes. Yep. Um the you know various coaches they lost. Yeah, absolutely. But bottom line, they don't have their first round pick. They don't have their second round pick for next year. Yeah, I think okay. it's. I think so it's, this is this is a move. I think it's spot on when you say this it's is now, a now move. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Absolutely spot on. It's 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 now or never for for San Francisco. And I think you made a real pertinent point. I think Chris, with regards to the defense, because it was the defense that got them, you know, nearly all the way last season. And now coupling that with a little bit of sprinkling on the offensive front, I think it's I think it's a wise move from from San Francisco. And I think it's a great segue into into having a look at the game against Kansas City this weekend. Uh, it's Monday, 7.25 our time over here in Melbourne. Uh, but this game is, you know, you mm-hmm. talk about game of the round last week between the Bills and the Chiefs. This is going to be an, an absolute cracker given given the 49ers, uh, you know, spend on on uh, in the trade front. And now they face a, a Kansas City team looking to bounce back off a, off a tough loss last week. Yeah, and, and going up against another good defense. Maybe not as good as, as Buffalo's defense was that they saw last week, but still a really good one in, in San Francisco. Let's see how the Niners hand or how the how the Chiefs and the Niners handle it. I don't know. I don't think uh, McCaffrey's going to be in the lineup on Sunday because typically that with the trade happening last night, I mean, first of all, he's got to get to San Francisco, get into the building, do all that all that behind-the-scenes stuff before he can get on, even on the practice field. So he, even if he's on the roster and dressed for Sunday, how much is he going to play, to be honest? Uh, not much, if anything. So, um, you know, he wouldn't be an impact for this game for, for San Francisco, probably to the, to the benefit of the Chiefs because they won't have to game plan for him. But, um, yeah, for the Chiefs, they're going to come in mad. You know, they they feel like they missed an opportunity last week. They lost to a good team, but you know, had their chances to win that game last week. Uh, they may come in mad, uh, and let's see how they go up against this defense. Yep. Because we know how well San Francisco pass rushes. Uh, how does how does Patrick Mahomes that offensive line handle it? Um, because we you know saw they had their struggles last week against Buffalo. They were getting pressure on Mahomes. Mm. Let's see if San Francisco takes that takes that film and, and copies it. Yeah, spot this, on uh, this Sunday. Spot on. Looking forward to that one. Going to be an absolute cracker. And just before we move on from mm. NFL, Chris, a, a big game coming up for Miami against the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. Miami sits three and three, and will be looking to get back in the winning ledger. Pittsburgh sits two and four. And the word is that Tua is set to return in the gun for Miami. Uh, is that this is going to be one of the more, you know, one of the most highly anticipated games, I think, for week seven, just because of the uncertainty surrounding the fitness and health of Tua. Yeah, and, and on, on Pittsburgh's side, too, with Kenny Pickett going out with a concussion last week, 
I haven't seen anything new. I'm presuming uh, Pickett's going to be good to go Sunday. Um, if he's not, well, I, mean, I would say advantage Miami. If he is, now I'm looking at, at Miami and Tua. How effective will he be if he starts? Mm-hmm. Is, you know, is, is he actually back at 100%? Because that was a nasty hit he took in that week four game against uh, Cincinnati when he went to the hospital. Uh, that That's very concerning. Plus the, you know, the back, the back problems as well that they, they said he, he was having. Uh, that That's a concern. I, it's going to be a matter of how effective it is Tua going to be in the pocket, making decisions, throwing the football. Uh, if he's 100%, I like Miami in this game. Uh, but if he's not, I, I like Pittsburgh's defense to do what they did last week against Tampa and, and somehow, some way, pull out a victory. Fantastic. Uh, we won't yeah. know until we see Tua taking snaps. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. Looking Really looking forward to, to that game. Uh, that, uh, from, uh, from an Australia perspective, Melbourne time, Monday morning at 11.20 a.m. if you want to get around that game. Uh, the last thing I want to ask, and you know I don't let you, you know I never let you go around the uh, NFL without asking about Dallas, my uh, my beloved Dallas. Uh, they play the Detroit Lions. Dak Prescott has been cleared fit to play after fracturing his thumb, which has kept him out for just over a month. Uh, should be, and just judging by the market and what Detroit has done in the last couple of weeks, it should be a bounce-back game for Dallas, I, I thought they were really brave against Philadelphia, just given that, you know, Cooper rushed into a few intercepts and, you know, had Dak maybe have played that game, the, the story might have been a little bit different. But uh, Cowboys back at Arlington should be able to get the job done, you'd think. One, one would think. Is Dak going to play? Have they said he's in? Well, I think they said he's cleared fit. I'll have a look again, but I'll I'll, I'll go through the old, uh, the old Google search. But... Uh, He's, uh, he declared, this was uh, a handful of hours ago, he said, uh, I'm starting versus the Lions in an interview, I think, on the uh, on the Dallas Cowboys official page. So if it's coming out of his okay. mouth, uh, I would assume he's playing. Yeah, well, I'm going to take his word for it that he's going to start on Sunday. Uh, sorry, Detroit. <laughs> you're not going to get, you're not going to get uh, a W this week. Uh, Detroit, I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, they're... Their their offense just kind of falling apart the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. We were talking about them after week four being the highest scoring team in the league. Spot on. Yeah. And playing these exciting games, and then they lose twenty nine nothing to the Patriots. Really? You, you can't score a point against the Patriots. They, their defense is. I mean, it's good. It's not that good. It's yeah. not shutout worthy. Massive question marks. Uh, yeah, they got issues up there in Detroit. I I I just don't see Detroit doing much in this game, uh, and if Dak's playing, there this is this is a nice way to kind of ease him back in, uh, and for the Cowboys to get right. So, yeah, yeah, I'm liking the Cowboys against the Lions. I think Dak is the starter. If it was if it was still going to be Cooper Rush. I probably still like the Cowboys, but a little bit less. Yeah, fair enough. I think yeah, I think that's a good 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 way of looking at it. Uh, I've got a text through here, uh, Chris, just before we get to another break, and then we'll get into some more of uh, more more sports and more. Uh, we'll get into some baseball and some uh, some hockey action as well. Uh, gentleman off the text by the name of uh, he goes by the name of Muzz. 
Uh, can you ask the very entertaining Perko from the States who he barracks for in all the top sports in the States? Well, we know you're a St. Louis Blues man in the hockey. We know you're a St. Louis yep. man in the uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, who uh, who do you, who are you in the uh, who are you in the um, from a from an American sports perspective in the uh, in the NFL and and any other sports maybe college as well? Mars wants to know. I, I I lean toward the Kansas City Chiefs because they're Missouri, mm-hmm. so I do stick I do stay Missouri loyal. But you know my second team is at times the, the Arizona Cardinals with, with the former St. Louis connection. They the Cardinals. Used to be based in St. Louis back in the '60s, '70s, and up to 1987. So that that was that was my first NFL team. I didn't go totally away from them, even when the Rams were in St. Louis. I still kind of followed the Cardinals. <laughs> Plus, I lived in Arizona for about five years as well. Uh, NBA, I really don't have a team because, again, being from St. Louis, there has not been an NBA franchise in St. Louis in my lifetime. Mm. All right, the the Hawks moved to Atlanta in 1968. I was born 1977, so I never had that connection to the NBA. I'll watch it. It's not. It, it's probably about number four on my sports list uh, of sports to watch. There's a good game on. I'll watch it. Playoffs, of course, I'll watch the NBA, but it's not something. You know, it, it's not my my go to uh, at all. So, I mean, if I had to pick a team. Uh, I'd probably say Phoenix Suns okay. would be my team in yep. the NBA. Nice. But, again, <laughs> it's, it's not my favorite. And, again, that's the Arizona connection. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Okay, beautiful. There we go. Muzz, Muzz knows now. So uh, we've got we've got all bases covered now, Chris. But uh, we'll take a quick little break here on the uh, overnight crowd. But uh, we've got uh, – shall we get stuck into – we've got a text coming through uh, Major League Baseball. We'll get stuck into on the other side of the break, and then we'll cap it off with yep. some uh, with some hockey stuff. Chris, how does that sound? Yep. Beautiful. Sounds good to me. Sensational. All right. We'll be joined by Chris again after the break here on the Overnight Crowd, and then we'll wrap it up for another night. We'll be back right after this. Back here on the Overnight Crowd, almost set to wrap things up here on the Overnight Crowd. Paul Sebastiani in the studio with you, doing it right up to 3 a.m. across the eastern coast of Australia. It's Cox Plate Day today, of course, SEN Track, the lads will be doing a fantastic job live as we venture to Mooney Valley. Manicato Stakes as well will be today after the meeting was abandoned at Mooney Valley due to uh, some lightning and thunderstorms around the area. But uh, make sure you tune into SEN Track. Paul Sebastiani here with you in the studio. And uh, Chris Perkins, our US sports correspondent, is hanging about on the line to chat all things US sports, in particular in this uh, segment. Major League Baseball, we're creeping up to the World Series and uh, we've got a text coming through off the uh, temper text line. Kerry, mining in Kalgoorlie, ask about the two brothers facing off in the Padres Phillies. Where are they from? A bit about them. And my thoughts are it's the Astros to lose. They're a class above, but the Yankees can calm back. This is a uh, an intriguing uh, an intriguing NLCS game too. Aaron Nola and Austin Nola facing against facing off against each other. Chris, what have you made of the what have you made of the uh, the postseason thus far? Well, I you know I'll, I'll hit the second part of that that text first. Uh, totally agree with you. It's Houston to lose, uh, and they've looked good. 
Uh, first two games against the Yankees, they're up two games to none, going to the Bronx. At worst, uh, the Astros have to come back home to play a game six. At best, they're playing in the World Series hosting game one. Okay, so they're, they're really in a good position right now, Houston is. Going to the Bronx up two games to none. Uh, on the NL side, yeah, it's very intriguing with the Nola brothers, with Austin, the, the catcher for the Padres, and Aaron, the pitcher for the for the Phillies. And how awkward would it be to be their parents right now? Uh, you know, your boys, you, you've got two boys who've made the major leagues. They're, they're, they're starring in, the, in Major League Baseball. They're in the playoffs, and they're going against each other. And not just, you know, not as, you know, both being outfield players or infield players who, who don't actually have to face off against each other. No, one of them's a starting pitcher. Who has to throw to his kids, to his brother, okay, to his older brother. Because Austin's the older one. Uh, he's about three years older than, than Aaron is. So, so how awkward is that when Austin comes up to the plate in, in the second inning on, on Wednesday in game two, and, and you know, your, your other son's on the mound who's trying to strike him out or get him out. It's that, almost, that's got to be awkward. It's almost like back it? to the back to the backyard days, Chris. Just back having fun with your with your brothers in your yeah, backyards, yeah. trying to hit home runs over the neighbors' fence. Yeah how how many how many times has that at bat happened in the Nola's backyard in Baton Rouge, Louisiana? <laughs> and now how it's many, on the big stage. <laughs> tens of thousands. Yeah, tens of thousands of times. I have no doubt when those two were kids back in Baton Rouge, but it's it's a great story. It's great to watch. Uh, and the first at bat, Aaron got the better of Austin. The second at bat, Austin got the better of Aaron, got a base hit, drove in a run, and, and really started a rally for the for the Padres that, that got this series even. So uh, we, we will probably see these two face off again, possibly in a game six of this series back in San Diego. Uh, next week. Yeah, it could be that. I, I, I certainly hope so. I think this is a series that can go deep. Uh, and Aaron would be scheduled to pitch again game six. Yep. Yeah. So, and, yeah, like I said, I've, I've said this is a series that can go deep. It can go all seven games. And I hope so. I, I, and for entertainment value, I definitely want to see it because yeah. the way the American League series is looking, it, it's the Astros. The, the Yankees are kind of a shambles right now. They Their pitching rotation got so messed up. Uh, now now with getting deeper into the series, now they can start getting their, their top starters back pitching again. And we'll see how it goes game three tomorrow in, in New York when, when presumably the Astros are trotting out their number three starter and the Yankees can trot out their eights. We'll, yep. we'll see if the series changes. Spot on, yeah. So as it stands currently, the Phillies and Padres locked away at one apiece. The Astros and Yankees, it's two zip in favour of Houston. But uh, tomorrow morning, the Yankees get a chance to bounce back on uh, home soil. Just before we let you go, Chris, we've got a text through, and it's a nice little segue into the uh, into the NHL season. The uh, a text coming through saying uh, from Moondog, uh, ask Chris thoughts on my LA Kings. So far in the NHL, three and three, they lost six one to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Third in the Pacific Division as it stands. What have you? Uh, 
What have you made of the uh, the Kings' uh, start to the uh, to the NHL season, Chris? Um, let me pull some stuff up real quick. I haven't followed it. It's really kind of annoying. The Kings, yeah, there's three. Okay, three. They played six games this season. The Blues have played two. They just played their second game on Wednesday night. They didn't start their season until uh, six days ago mm-hmm. uh, against Columbus. Then they had to wait another few days to play Seattle. So, yeah, the Blues have played two games. you got teams that have played six already, like the Kings. Um, let me look at their stats. Uh, scoring a lot and giving up a lot. Okay. <laughs> uh, they've given up 27 goals. Uh, that's not a good sign, giving up four and a half goals a game. Uh, might want to tighten up the defense. Uh, they're going to kind of be like the Detroit. The way they're looking, they're kind of like the Detroit Lions. Okay, nice. The first okay. Four weeks. As a comparison, like you're it. not going to be you're not going to be bored. <laughs> you're, you're not going to be totally bored watching a Kings game. You're going to see goals. Can I just say something too? You mentioned the St. Louis Blues. Now I'm I'm going to use the word we yeah. here, mate. Two and zero since I've jumped on board. Okay. Mate, two and zero. Uh, mate, you, I could be the I could be the winning denominator. As a, you are undefeated as a St. Louis Blues fan. Enjoy <laughs> it. It won't last. I'll try. <laughs> I, I'm telling as as a Blues fan for old, for 35 years, 35 plus years as a St. Louis Blues fan. Let me let me let you know. Let let you in on a little secret. What what this is going to entail? Being a Blues fan is. Lots and lots of heartbreak. Okay. Lots and lots of I'm prepared. I'm prepared. And moments of celebration. (laughs) 2019, I I am not kidding you, 2019, and if you go back into the archives uh, of of this program, you will will hear the excitement and the utter joy in my voice the summer of 2019 when the Blues finally won the Stanley Cup because that that was – it, it the the reaction that I had the 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 joy that I had watching that celebration after going through thirty years of having my heart ripped out of my chest <laughs> still beating shown to me and then thrown on the ground and stomped on spring after spring after spring uh, that that championship made it worth it but I know you only. You don't get too many bites of that chair. Okay. So I, I, I'm I'm resigned to the I'm resigned to the fact that you know we'll go back to status quo, and, and we have the last couple of years. Now maybe you know maybe they they turn it around, have a, have a great season this year, win another cup. I'm not counting on it, but I'm going to enjoy the ride. <laughs> okay, all right. If, we'll, if we get we'll, close, we'll sit. We'll sit and pray. Why do you know what you're getting yourself into? Uh, mate, uh, don't worry, mate. My Carlton Blues have given me nothing but heartache for the last two decades. So. Getting involved in this is is nothing new to me, my friend. And uh, I'll tell you what, if uh, okay. if anything, if anything, I'm I'm mentally prepared for the for the letdown. I can I can promise you that. <laughs> okay, well, as a as a Carlton fan, it's like it's like teams that call themselves the Blues. You, you know what you're getting into, yeah, the you're, Blues. You're getting into the Blues, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a, a good way to, to finish up tonight, Chris. We've got to head to our, our main ad breaks. But, uh, mate, a, a pleasure doing it with you as always. Uh, I'll be back on uh, the overnights on Monday night. And 
I'll tell you what, this NFL and NBA weekend that we're going to have and even the Major League Baseball and, and from a hockey weekend, it's uh, it's going to be a big final hour on the show yeah. on, on Monday night and look forward to look forward to chatting to you then, my friend. College football as well tomorrow. Pick of the litter right out of the gate, noon U.S. Eastern time. Number five, Clemson. Number 14, Syracuse. Should be a good one. Okay, beautiful. We'll keep. We'll definitely keep tabs on that, and uh, we'll have a chat about it uh, come uh, come Monday morning our time over here. But uh, mate, have a, have a great weekend over in the states. Uh, hopefully, the St. Louis Blues can do it over the Oilers tomorrow morning. But uh, we'll wait and thanks for that. But uh, pleasure doing it with you again, mate. All the best. Have a good night. Have a good weekend. You too. Chris Perkins joining us from over in the US, as he always does. With that, we'll take a break here on the Overnight Crowd and be back right after this. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.